0: Hi! You're listening to Square Two, a podcast building upon Square One, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, as taught by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here you will find insightful LDS thought concerning the important issues of the world today. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Today's podcast features an article entitled, Sealing of Living Women to More Than One Husband, Has There Always Been a Third Option?, by Dale G. Moore, published in Square 2, Volume 10, number three, and read by Sean Canney. My life experiences have given me a great appreciation for the temple. My great love for the temple stems in part from the example of my maternal grandmother, Anne Hirsch. I received my endowment in 1969 at the age of 20, after having been called to serve in the Chile Santiago Mission but my temple attendance increased dramatically when my mother-in-law, Joan Hodge Savage, was married to R. Avard Toon in 1998. Joan Hodge was born on October 31, 1931, in Bridgeport, England. Joan became interested in the church during her teenage years, but her mother didn't allow her to be baptized. Joan met Gordon Stewart Savage, who was born in Cardston, Alberta, on November 23, 1921, the son of Edwin and Nellie Savage. Joan and Gordon met in England and then returned to Alberta to be married. After they were married on October 24, 1950, Joan was baptized, as her husband could then give her permission. Joan and Gordon were sealed on May 24, 1951, in Cardston, Alberta, only seven months after their civil marriage. They had five children together, though three of them died shortly after birth. Gordon died on July 25, 1988, in Nanaimo, British Columbia, but was buried in Lethbridge. Joan then moved back to Magrath and eventually to Cardston. Reed Avard Toon, Avard, was born on March 6, 1921, in Clare's home, Alberta. He married Elizabeth Hetty Chatterton on October 3, 1945. He was a successful farmer and also a devout temple worker. They had eight children. Elizabeth died on January 6, 1998, in Cardston, after battling an illness for nearly ten years. Prior to her death, Avard and Elizabeth kept two households, one in Clare's home where Avard served as a patriarch, and one in Cardston, where he served as an ordnance worker and sealer in the temple. Clare's home is about two hours by car from Cardston. They lived in Cardston from Wednesday afternoon to Saturday evening, according to this temple shift. They lived in Clare's home from Sunday to Wednesday. As Elizabeth grew increasingly ill, Joan Savage, Nee Hodge, also lived in Cardston and was called to help Avard transcribe and edit his patriarchal blessings. Avard often reviewed the blessings to make sure he had used the correct words to pass on sentiment and message he desired. Joan was also a temple worker, and became involved in helping look after Avard and Elizabeth when they were in Cardston. When Elizabeth died, Avard and Joan's relationship quickly became less formal and by April of 1998, they were ready to consider marriage. The president of the Cardston, Alberta Temple at the time was President Joseph E. Jack. He and Avard had become fast friends. There was no doubt that Avard and Joan would be married in the temple with President Jack officiating, but the type of marriage that would take place was in question. Of course, the simplest route would be to marry Avard and Joan for time in the temple, and be done with it. Given that both Avard and Joan were long-time temple workers, this was not their first choice. If Joan would cancel her sealing to Gordon, which Avard suggested, they then could be married for time and all eternity. She did not want a cancellation of her sealing to Gordon. Joan felt there was nothing amiss with her in place sealing to Gordon. They had grown closer over the years, sharing the burden of burying three children and raising two others to adulthood. While Gordon had been sick for some ten years from the barium poisoning, Joan had also nursed him in the hospital until his death. As Avard explained, a third option was presented to them by President Jack. President Jack told Avard if each of their children would write a letter in support of their being married for time and all eternity without Joan canceling her previous sealing, if all the children on both sides agreed that sealing for joan could take place joan had two living daughters both of who would have affirmed the sealing for time and eternity between joan and avard however some of avard's children felt he had rushed into this marriage with joan and were somewhat skeptical as well as less active in the end it was decided joan and avard would not pursue an eternal sealing but a sealing for time only. Avard and Joan were married for time by President Jack on April 11, 1998, in the Cardston, Alberta, Temple. Soon after Avard and Joan's sealing for time only, it was discovered that Joan had a cancerous tumor. Joan died on October 28, 2004, in Cardston, Alberta. Avard died on March 12, 2006, in Cardston. Arrangements were made, and Avard and Joan were sealed for time and eternity posthumously on April 6, 2007, in the Cardston Temple. Avard and I discussed this third option on more than one occasion, and about a week before he died, we revisited the topic again. I asked him if this third option was something between President Jack and himself, as they were close friends, and he assured me that this is the way things could be done. It has not been very many years ago that the idea of a woman being sealed to more than one man was a foreign subject. As the director of the Stake Family History Center, this subject was broached often. Eventually, members understood that after death, a woman may be sealed to more than one man if the family so desired it. This was from the Temple Ready Instructions. This had been in place for about fifteen or so years at the time I served in that calling. The idea that a woman could be sealed to two men while living, with the approval of all children, was a new concept to me at the time, which is why I visited the topic several times and even shortly before my new father-in-law died. I do not know if this option is really a common practice or not, but he had the temple-related experience to know. In 1894, when the law of adoption was phased out in favor of family sealings, Sealing got both simpler and more complex. Under the law of adoption, both men and women were sealed to prominent men. But after 1894, it fell upon couples to live worthy to have their children sealed to them, and the couple to be sealed to their own parents. Last December 4, 2016, I had a conversation with Elder Weatherford L. Clayton about my personal sealing to spouse. I had been excommunicated, and looking forward to rebaptism and a future restoration of temple blessings and priesthood authority. Elder Clayton told me that while my sealing to spouse was not cancelled per se, I should have no expectation of living in the post mortal sphere as if I had my particular spouse eternally sealed. She had her sealing to spouse, and I had mine, but that did not mean we would be a couple unit through eternity. This seemed to indicate that a sealing was perhaps more important in the eternal nature of things than to whom the sealing was to in this life. How else do we explain the pre-1894 Law of Adoption and the premise upon which it was based? This has been a recording of sealing of Living Women to More Than One Husband. Has There Always Been a Third Option by Dale G. Moore Published in Square 2, Volume 10, Number 3, read by Sean Canny. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and website are credited, and it is used for non-commercial use. If you would like to read a printed version of this and other articles on Mormon thought, please visit square2.org. That's S-Q-U-A-R-E-T-W-O dot O-R-G. Thank you for listening.